success looks so easy from the outside, but all successful people have had to overcome enormous obstacles along the way. And in many cases, look failure right in the eye. Most successful people don't focus on the struggle and rarely do they talk about it because quite frankly, that's not what creates success. Join us here where we will chat with fierce female entrepreneurs and share the good, the bad, and the ugly of entrepreneurship and talk about the obstacles we have faced and how you can overcome them to reach the success that you desire. I am your host, Cami Lehman, and this is the She's Invincible Podcast. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us today. We are so excited to have our guest, Caitlin Durning, with us today. Caitlin is owner and creative director. Caitlin is obsessed with all things Instagram. Something about connecting with people all around the world really gets her going. And ever since realizing that massive potential, she knew she had to help others see the same. She spends her days hopping between client meetings, creating content, dreaming up strategies, and training her students on Instagram lead generation. Otherwise, you can catch her hanging out with her guy, reading up on the latest news from the stars, because even though she knows what's coming next is going to be beyond great, she likes a good teaser of what to expect from her favorite horoscopes. Caitlin, how fun. Horoscopes. Oh my gosh, it's so good to have you here. Thank uh, you so much. Oh my gosh. So you are the owner of Meraki Media. Meraki Media Management. Awesome. Awesome. So it is such a joy to have you here. And I just love to chat with fierce female entrepreneurs, but I just see you as a young rock star. And, you know, it is so fun to watch you and the way that you are just making great things happen in the world. And I'm so excited to share you and all of your wisdom with our listeners today. So today we're going to talk about Instagram. So Tell us, how did you get here and why Instagram? Yeah, yeah, so great question. Um, I'll start from the beginning, give you guys my short overview of how I started. Um, But long story short, after I graduated school, I went to JMU. I was working for a local nonprofit in the greater Philly area. And um, ironically enough, they had put me on on a new campaign and I was lead, so I had to run with it. And I did my research, I did my due diligence, I studied PR, so research is in my blood. It's like second nature. (laughs) Um, And then I found the ice bucket challenge, which is kind of funny. Um, One of the most iconic nonprofit, you know, fundraisers ever, at least of my generation. And I decided to kind of piggyback off of that model, make it my own and put it on Instagram stories. And that is how I grew their following from 18,000 followers to 500,000 followers in under a month. So it was really exciting. We raised over $70,000 or around there in that ballpark for the nonprofit. Um, And it was just amazing to see so many people want to give back to a really great cause. And basically, I realized, okay, think about how much I influenced this nonprofit. We were a small team. 
imagine how many other, you know, specifically women run businesses I would be able to help. So that's kind of what pivoted me to step back, digest what had just happened since it was crazy um, and really just start my own business. And I full on went for it. I didn't care what anybody else had to say about it. And I just jumped in, you know, because being an entrepreneur, especially at my age, can be a little bit challenging at times. Um, it's definitely not, you know, job security or things like that. Um, but it was just such a great experience. And now we're coming up on our year anniversary of being in business. So I can't believe it, it feels like yesterday I just started. Well, happy anniversary to Thank you. you. Thank and you. I've been watching you and I know that you are helping other entrepreneurs do great things in the Instagram world. And I just look at you as a genius. I still haven't mastered Instagram, but, uh, but I'm finding my way and I just love all that you have taught me. So I was hoping you could share some tips today uh, yeah. for our listeners about Instagram. Of course. So today I'm going to actually share four tips. There's a lot jammed packed into these four tips. So kind of take it with a grain of salt. And I also want everyone to think about their overall social media marketing as we go through these steps, because all of my trainings are actually evergreen and they can be applied to any social media platform. I just love Instagram, which kind of is hence my bio. So Basically, first, I want you all to think about becoming that industry leader. And the way we can become an industry leader is starting out locally. So every time you're posting to Instagram, make sure that you're tagging those locations, whether it's a nearby coffee shop, obviously things are closed right now. Um, but even like a school district or a township, places where your clients probably live or hang out, everybody follows their hometown, hometown hashtag, right? Um, to get updates so that's a great place to start especially with hashtags which is my next tip is to include location hashtags on every single post and you want to include up to 30 hashtags on every post. I know that sounds like a lot, um, but throughout my trainings, we actually assign hashtag clusters, I call them, to every day of the week. So you're not, you know, changing them every, every day or coming up with new hashtags. It's a very structured plan, and it gives us the freedom to have free time by still growing on social media because sometimes, you know, social can really bog us down either make us compare ourselves to each other, or we just get lost in the scroll hole, especially in quarantine. I feel like we're all feeling that right now. Um, so this is just a way to really keep you on track and moving forward in a quick and easy way. So if you haven't built your, your hashtag clusters out yet, I do recommend doing that. The next thing I want to talk about is emotions and why marketing with emotions is so much more powerful than marketing on any other stance and especially during quarantine. So think about how your clients are feeling right now. What do they need? What can you provide them at home or even virtually in the future? Because it seems like this is the way all of our lives are heading, right? It's going to be virtual. So how can you pivot and at least offer one or two services, even if you are a brick and mortar business online? Um, and think outside the box, you know, recipes, YouTube videos, how-tos, tips. There's plenty of ways to do this, even if you are a restaurant or, you know, a beauty industry 
professional, all of these things that might seem like they can never be virtual, they absolutely can. And the last thing I want to leave you all with is to start creating your content weekly, if not monthly. And how I do this is I assign each week an overall topic. It's like my umbrella for the week. And then I actually don't have as much of a hard time coming up with content and creating photos for that content, it all kind of flows together. And my clients learn something. I know that they learn something at least each week from me. So that's always been a benefit and offering that free value is key. So I hope that those tips were helpful. And if anybody has any questions, you can always reach out to me on my Instagram, Meraki underscore media underscore management. I have tons of free tips and free information on my Instagram. So go check me out there as well. Oh, that's awesome. So I have uh, a couple questions. So, um, why Instagram? I know you love Instagram uh, and that's the platform you teach and you work to build your business. So why, why did you choose that versus any of the others? So Instagram is probably one of the most utilized platforms of social media today. And the reason being because Every age is actually on Instagram and we're seeing a fluctuation of older people joining Instagram because they simply aren't seeing their grandchildren, their you know, family members on Facebook posting anymore. So they're almost being pushed to use Instagram, which is funny. And they're actually loving it. So throughout this quarantine experience, Instagram usage has gone up by 40% which is insane. More people are joining now than ever. And it's a perfect platform for businesses to be able to market. So if we talk about something like TikTok, there was a similar version of TikTok a couple of years ago, like Vine. Um, and that's really just a different type of platform. Not that businesses shouldn't be utilizing every social platform, but Instagram is useful because they offer business insight breakdowns. You can really craft the content to your specific target audience by, you know, crafting those hashtag clusters based around what your client probably already follows. And I find it easier to actually find my ideal client on this platform by searching those hashtags or locations that define my ideal client. So that's why I enjoy this platform. I find Facebook, it's actually harder for me to find new people and new community members. Um, and that's how I treat my Instagram. It's more of like a community for me to express myself, share my tips and help people at the same time. That's awesome. That, that really explains that. And then, uh, so I love what you said, and I hadn't given this any thought, but like three months ago, Instagram looked much different than it does today. You're right. And even I'm finding myself on it more too. Yeah. And yeah, so I, that is such a good point as that, as we're being disconnected socially, we're, we are socially connecting through this platform. Yeah. So how about for someone who doesn't know a lot about hashtags, let's say somebody is new to Instagram and they, they want to move over there and they want to start growing their Instagram. Yeah. Could you give them a few tips, one on hashtags, like how do they know how to, you know, find the hashtag where their target market is? Yeah. That would be my first question. Yeah, so this is definitely challenging. You know, I have trainings based around this where my clients, it sometimes takes them, you know, two to three weeks to really figure out 
what defines their ideal client hashtag. Now, for example, I feel like it might be easiest if I say examples so that everybody can kind of go off and define their client on their own. For example, when I'm messaging people, I work with a lot of network marketers. So I might even search network marketing or a specific network marketing company because I know that they're hashtagging that. Now, if you're not B2B and you're more B2C, I want you all to think about, does your client have to be in a certain location? If so, then I would recommend searching those hashtags in your location. Now, if they can be anywhere, then kind of step back and think about, okay, are they a mom, a dad, a sister, a brother? What do they do on their free time? What do they, you know, maybe talk about with their friends? What would they already be following? What types of things do they read? What types of music do they listen to? And it can be more broad. So basically when we're on Instagram, I don't want you all to think of it as a selling tool. It's more of a building community platform and a networking platform, especially right now because people are craving that human interaction. So as I'm reaching out to new network marketers or entrepreneurs to possibly join my program, I just offer a phone call. And by simply just having one call to action, that's it. It simplifies everything. They might even get back to me, ask a couple of questions about my programs or check out my IGTVs. Um, but by just asking one call to action, that's what really helps people convert and get on the phone with you because that's most of the time as entrepreneurs, the one thing that we're looking for is the phone calls, right? Um, so I would definitely say, start by thinking about what is your ideal client probably looking for on Instagram? Right now we're all looking for how to cut our own hair and, you know, tweeze our eyebrows or maybe make ourselves look pretty how to's in quarantine. So that's a great place to start. And narrowing down to a gender is always great, but also backing up to, okay, what might they be doing in their free time? That's awesome. And another question on hashtag is when you're searching for these hashtags, uh, is there a rule about how, like how much they're used? Like, is it better to have a hashtag that has like a million followers or maybe only 10,000 followers? Great question. So I get this question a lot and I found through my research that really looking at your follower ratio versus the amount of posts that are being posted to that hashtag. Like I always am a huge advocate for smaller hashtags because that's how I actually just reached my 1000 followers was through smaller hashtags, but they were very specific to my audience. So like I used to have nail polish, for example, but then I started hashtagging Kennett Square you know, which is a local um, county near us. And I actually got a client through that. Um, so by pivoting my hashtags to that smaller posting, it helped me get in front of more eyeballs. And that's why the locations are key. Um, but you wanna look at, okay, if I have 500 followers, for example, I would definitely try and stay in the range of 10,000 posts per hashtag. Um, you might want to include like one or two large hashtags, but for the most part, try and stay under that, you know, 100,000 ratio for sure, just because it's so difficult to get seen on those hashtags that are super large if we have smaller accounts. 
That's great advice because you don't want to be a little fish in a big ocean, right? So I love that kind of niching it down. So, okay, here's another question for you. Um, How much do you post? Like how much is too much? Uh, You know, I find myself forever like at a loss of content. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I can get in a creative space and I could write content for a month, but then it could be a month before I can get back into a creative space. So, you know, what, what do you recommend? Like every day, a few times a week? Yes. So I've actually played around with this. So with my very first client, Dermamed Solutions, they had brought me on. And at first I was like, okay, you know, I'll just post three days a week and see how it goes. And funny enough, I saw them losing followers. Weird. So I was like, okay, maybe we're just not warming them enough along the way. Like, of course, we're going to lose followers because people might just not want to see you posting every day, which is fine. Those people we don't care about. We want the people a part of our audience that care about the content, they care about the value and they need it. They feel a necessity for it. So it isn't always about, you know, more followers, but I would say bringing it back to um, like the amount of times that you're posting, five to seven days a week is normally the ratio that I give. I post seven days a week just because sometimes more people are on Instagram on the weekends than they are during the week, but my engagement during the week is a lot better. So play around with your account. You know, you will have to test things out, but five to seven days a week is normally the best. Um, And normally just once a day, I say, because if you post them multiple times a day, like even as just being a regular consumer for any other company, it kind of gets old, you know, how much more real, new, authentic, creative content can they create? You know, we all have to be realistic with ourselves. So five days a week is a lot. And, you know, Cami, for you, like, especially if you get in that one really good creative mindset, like once a month, I'm the same way. So I'll write all of my content one day each month. And then the whole month is planned. So that's what I do. And I actually really, really like that structure because it takes the pressure off too. Yes. You can't force that, right? When you, yeah. you cannot force the creativity. Yeah. Okay. So that's great advice. And I was going to ask you, okay, seven days a week or five days a week, how many times a day? So you covered that. You said one, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So now is there a, a rule about like, and when I say rule, obviously, you know, I just mean like from your perspective, what is the best practice? Uh, you know, how do you mix up content? Should it be, you know, sales? Should it be lifestyle? Should it be product? Like what, what is your best tip for that? Great question. Um, I actually listened to another podcast and she gave me this tip. Her name's Project Me with Tiffany. Um, and she talks about the 70, 30 rule and the 70, 30 rule means like 70% of the time you're selling, you're promoting something, you're talking about your services. It can be anything. It can even be your experience as a consumer or as a business owner. That will be 70%. The other 30% is really about you and maybe about like a personal or life experience. So a really like intimate conversation that you're having with your audience to help them understand you. Um, Throughout my trainings, I actually assign different days of the week to different topics. And I'll call it a promotion day, about me day, um, an IGTV day. And those three topics really 
break up each day of the week. Um, and I find that structure works best, especially for me, because then I know, okay, this is my promotion day. What am I going to promote today? Um, and that kind of streamlines the process for most of my clients. That's amazing. And so here's my last question about this is sell a product or don't sell a product. So if you have a product to sell, is Instagram the place where you can actually sell a product, set it up, sell it, cash out, all of that? Yes. Um, and the reason why I can say that is because I've seen it happen. I sell all the time through Instagram. I get signups through Instagram. Um, and I even look as a call and like a converted lead as a valuable thing coming out of Instagram. Even if those people don't sign up right away and I'm getting on the call with them, obviously it's a valuable lead. It's a warmed lead. I should keep them connected. And that's the best part about Instagram. Every five days a week that you're posting, you are staying in the forefront of that potential client's new mind. So you're in front of them. They're reading your valuable content. They know that you are an industry leader because you're positioning yourself that way. So then hopefully, you know, they will convert eventually, even if they get on the phone call once they're not ready, maybe in a couple months, you will be that person. And that's exactly what I've had. I've had people follow me for six months and then they come out of the woodwork and they're like, I'm ready for this. Like I need you, you know? So really just thinking about it as free advertising and an opportunity to develop a community. That's the way I see it. I love it. And it's, it sounds like you're just creating relationships through this tool and that, you know, as you're showing and giving value and as people need you, that's who they think of. And it, that's what marketing is all about, right? Yeah, exactly. And the best part about Instagram too, just to throw this in there, um, it doesn't even have to just be about making sales. It can be about, you know, PR. It can be about getting you on that next TV opportunity or next podcast interview. Um, there's so many ways to use this platform, partnerships, you know, training developments, all of the things. And I think that when sometimes we go in thinking it's just about sales, we can really quickly get turned off by it because we're just like this is too hard you know I don't want to be working every day at this to see no results but I found along the way when I would use it to get you know a tv interview or a youtube interview it still made me feel good so along the way that's a great strategy to kind of keep yourself motivated that is amazing. Amazing. Well, I'm so excited that you're here with us. And we promise our listeners on this podcast that we're going to bring them successful people, but we are also going to let them in. And yeah. so I know that your journey, just like everyone's, no one has an easy journey. You know, when we reach success, we, we show up there and we look successful and we're confident and our, you know, we're all of that because of the journey. And so we want to encourage our listeners and share a little bit about your journey. So we're going to tell three stories, but the first one we want to start with is the good. Right. So could you share a, a good or great story uh, with our listeners that you've something, you know, that's happened in your journey that you celebrated? Yeah, absolutely. So um, actually this, I'm going to talk about a client that I ended up bringing on. Um, and what I had done is 
I was doing a lot of research around hashtags. I had already created my training, but I hadn't really utilized the local hashtags in the area. I've actually touched on this a little bit earlier, and but I wanted to share the full story because it's really powerful when you can get these hashtags right, you know, and like really connect with the client through them. So I was sitting down, you know, on my mom's couch. I was still living with my mom at the time. And um, I'm like writing my to-do list for the day. And I had just created all these new hashtag clusters the night before based around location. And all of a sudden I get a DM, a direct message on Instagram. And um, the gentleman says, hi, Caitlin, it's so nice to meet you. You know, can you come out to chat with me today? And I'm like, what is this? You know, this is so random. So many weirdos online, you know, but it actually ended up being a great client of mine. He had owned a restaurant out in the Kennett Square area, actually. And I ended up running their Instagram for him. He signed me that day. I drove out there. I actually have an Instagram story about this experience, um, sharing with my clients how much this location hashtag can really impact your business because I was taking photos for him. He was one of my favorite management clients. Um, and it was just such a great experience. And I sit down at the table, you know, as we're getting ready to do our business deal. And I say, well, how did you find me? And he goes, I actually came across several of your posts on the Kennett Square hashtag. And I saw your page, I see how credible you are. And it was just such a great experience, really special for me to also share with my clients, you know, this can work when you do it right. And when you do it well, like over and over and over again, it has to be repetitive to stay in that forefront. And that's why the content creation is really key five to seven days a week, as we touched on, since he saw two of the posts and not just one. And that's that second one is what made him reach out, you know? Don't you love it when it works? <laughs> it was great. It was so great. It was one of the best days like in my business that I think I've had just so fulfilling and finally realizing like I'm a representation of my work and now I'm able to show my clients this really does work, you know, because as a coach, sometimes, of course, we all get in a rut or whatever it might be in business. Um, it's challenging at times. And when you have those one glimmer of hope, you know, of one experience, you, you just, it reignites your entrepreneur fire and it just makes you hit it even harder the next day. I love it. That's so great. Okay. So now we have to talk about the band. Mm -hmm. So do you have a story about maybe something that didn't go right that, you know, really tripped you up? Yes. So before I launched my eight week program, I was working with a dear friend of ours, Jacqueline, on a smaller training and I was working to put together a three-month program. And obviously, a three-month program is going to be a little bit pricier. It's going to have to be longer. You know, it's more intense. And I found that for what I do, I had done all this work. I was ready to launch, going to networking events. I'm like, you know, working my tushy off to get these people signed up. I had so much interest. But the fact was that the price was just wrong for my target audience. Um, and it was a huge blow to my ego. You know, I was expecting after these three months to make my goal of revenue, which, you know, we all know it takes a while in this world to sometimes meet those goals. And it was really hard for me to digest that 
it was going to take a little bit longer for me to find the clients that want to work with me and find that price point that felt comfortable for them. Because also as a business owner, you never want your clients to turn around and be like, oh my gosh, you know, that was so expensive or have some type of backlash. So in the long run, I can look back on it now and see what a blessing it was that that never worked out. But when I was in it, it was very difficult to push through that and pivot based off of what I was hearing. I was so stuck in my ways, like for a month or so, it felt like, you know, it was probably two weeks or something. Um, but then I pivoted, recreated my program, shortened it, condensed the information. Um, and we got it to the right price point, which really helped my clients. And then I saw people coming back for more services. Um, so it actually ended up working out, you know, when the price is right, it really does work for people. And then they end up referring you and sending others your way. So it was a huge, you know, learning curve, but it was a great experience too. I love that. That's it. And it is, it's a learning curve, right? We, we, I say we fail ourselves to success, right? All the way. And uh, so, and you didn't give up, right? And I'm sure that was really difficult because you had invested so much time and energy and, and working on that. And then you had to go do it again, right? Exactly. It was. And like, as I touched on a little bit, you know, as being an entrepreneur, it's it just is sometimes difficult, whether people in your family don't understand it, or, you know, others in the world might be saying, well, that's just too expensive, or that's just this just isn't right for you. Um, but what you really have to do is just put your blinders on if you want to make it work, you make it work, you know, we push through and we make it happen. So that's what we did. And it worked out, luckily. <laughs> You did that, right? You did yeah. that. Yep. That's awesome. Awesome. So now we have to go to the ugly. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So do you have an ugly story that could have really yeah. tripped you up in this journey? Absolutely. Um, and this is actually like a really good learning curve for all the hashtag tips as well for anybody listening. So um, I worked with a long-term client, Dermamed Solutions. I'm working with them right now, actually helping them pivot to, you know, a real like brick and mortar business to now being completely virtual. It's, it's a huge change, you know, um, which a lot of us are going through that. So you're not alone out there. Um, but what we were doing was creating hashtags and I had picked a hashtag based around beauty professionals that actually was a trademarked hashtag. And I didn't realize I had used it. Um, now, luckily, the company was very kind about, you know, reaching out to me and letting me know that this hashtag was trademarked um, and that no one else was able to use it. I had to remove the hashtag and obviously I had to disclose to my client what was happening um, since that could have been a legal issue or something like that. So when you are building out your hashtag clusters, it's really important to go to Instagram, search them all and really do your due diligence. Um, obviously, if they are a location, you don't have to. So that's kind of like the piggyback on the location. It's a little bit easier because nobody can obviously own that location or town hashtag um but specific like slogans or a couple words string together that might have some type of connotation or like a 
saying that a company uses, definitely look those up. Um, and just make sure that you're not stepping on any toes because Instagram is definitely, as much as it's great for networking, it can be territorial at times, especially around hashtags. So that was a little bit of an ugly story. I was more fortunate to not have any issue move forward with it. Um, but, you know, it definitely could have gone down and an ugly path if things were not taken care of within that 24 hours. Yikes. Okay. So while we're on this topic, can you tell our listeners where do they actually go to look to find out if the, these hashtags that they want to use are trademarked or copywritten? Yes. So there is a link actually that I found for my clients. Um, and I posted it in one of our Facebook training groups and it's banned hashtags. So you can Google banned hashtags. Um, but really what you have to do to make sure that it's not going to be trademarked is go into Instagram and actually search it. And most of the time, if people trademark that hashtag, it will be in their Instagram bio anyways. So you can search it and then you'll see them posting, you know, all the time to that hashtag, the same account. And if you see that repetitiveness, it's probably just best to stay away from it. Um, but if you do run into that and it is a slogan, maybe think about switching up the words or switching out a word like a synonym or something. Um, and then having a look at the hashtag again, because they wouldn't be, you know, angry if you're using a synonym, you know, um, but a trademarked hashtag can be a little bit of an issue if you don't do the research. Got it. Well, this has been so great to have you here today. And tell our listeners again, one more time where they can find you. Yes. Yeah. So please find me on Instagram. It's at Meraki underscore media underscore management. Tons of free Instagram tips. I also have, for all of you that are just maybe getting started on Instagram, if you head over to my website, www.marakimediamanagement.com, I have free business Instagram 101 training. So if you're not familiar with hashtags or not familiar how to look them up, in that free 101 training, um, you can go to my website, request it, and I will email it to you. It describes all the ways to search hashtags, what a hashtag is, and it also explains how to navigate through Instagram. Awesome. Awesome. So ladies, this is it for you today with Caitlin Durning from Meraki Media Management. And I don't know where you are in your journey today, but you heard Caitlin's story. And all I have to say to you is get back up, girl. Get back up. You can do it. Hey, thanks so much for hanging out with us today. If you were inspired or learned something new, please subscribe to the podcast, give us a review and share us with your friends. For more information about me and how I can support you, please stop on over to my website at camilehman.com and book a free call with me. I'd love to meet you and learn more about how I can support you.